The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to David Gibbons in Discussion and our guest today, Leo Hershiker, and the rebirth of our changing world. Welcome to In Discussion. Uh, my guest today is Leo Hershiker. Leo has uh, been brought up both in the European Union and South Africa and moved to the United States in the 1980s. And we're going to be talking about world affairs today and the social environment that we live in, as well as the economics and the uh, uh, the pressures of our life today uh, in all three continents. Leo, welcome. Hi, how are you? Leo, uh, I understand, uh, having looked at your your uh, biography, that you were born in Austria and you moved at an early age to South Africa. Um, and I realize that you returned to Austria for a short while before moving straight back. Uh, what was the... Uh, what was the dynamics uh, in in those days? I'm assuming those were the 19, 1950s. Uh, what was it that led to your parents uh, wishing to emigrate from Austria in the first place? Um, I think that Austria was pretty distressed after the war, and uh, that continued. Um, not many people know that Austria was partitioned, just as Berlin was. It was it was occupied by four different by the four victorious powers. And it was only in 1955 that Austria actually um, got its freedom from from Russia. I think Russia was uh, the country that blocked the, the independence. Um, I was born in 1957, and I think at that time it was, you know, from accounts by my grandparents and, and my my parents, they were very they were very poor. I mean, they they didn't have very much. So my father decided to. You know, this broadened his horizons, if you will, and uh, he emigrated. Uh, he he actually put into uh, Australia, South Africa, and Canada, and the South African, um, you know, the, the customs people or the whoever is in charge of that, they they sent us the application to immigrate, and that that's how we got to South Africa. What happened to the uh, American dream? Did, did he not want to move to the United States? Um, my father, my father was uh, involved in the in the Second World War. He he um, he fought on the Russian front. So for him, America was really the enemy, and uh, you know he he didn't he didn't consider that uh, an option. I think that. Um, Possibly also had reservations because he was of the Wehrmacht. That uh, you know, I think they they were filtering people pretty strictly in 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 in, in America. But but ultimately, he decided on South Africa, 
which uh, I understand where you moved to was very much an Anglo-Saxon culture. Wasn't that equally as bad for him, or was it the better of the two? Mm. You know, the, all, all, the, all the Italian prisoners, prisoners of war were sent to South Africa. I think all the people they captured in Eritrea and that. There's a huge Italian um, uh, society that lives down in, in, in South Africa. I think there's a, there's a huge... Uh, German contingent as well, so, and I think that that information travels across borders. You know, even although you didn't have the internet then, I mean, you had feedback that you know there's maybe six six thousands or seven thousand uh, Austrians living down in South Africa, and they've got a beautiful life. The weather's good. You know, life's easy. You know, um, I think I think the co- <laughs> so-called colonies were always different to nations like America or possibly. You know, if you went to Germany or something like that, you know, you had a, dif- a little bit of a different culture. The, the, the frontier type of uh, environment, you know, where you, you know, if you had a, if you had a bit of a drive, you, you, could, you could make it on your own, you know. Whereas Europe really, um, they, they put a lid on things. You know, red tape, um, you had to be, I mean, in Austria, if you didn't belong to a political party, very difficult to get a job, you know. And that's still, that's still today like that. You have something called Proports in, in Austria, where if you're not part of a, you know, if you're not member of a political party, very difficult to get get higher up in in, in the, in in, in corporations because a lot of it's, uh, a lot of the bigger corporations are or have got some sort of government involvement. Uh, German companies and Austrian companies are quite different to English companies, American companies. You have you have uh, uh, on the board of directors, you have employees sitting, you know. So, you know, I think maybe English-speaking people don't really understand that because, um, they they you know, they, they see it as interference or socialism, but perhaps it's not such a bad thing sometimes. I think if you had, if you had that with Lehman Brothers or with, with, with some of these companies that have now failed, it wouldn't, they wouldn't have gone down the hole so quickly if you would have had a, a little bit more insight into the dealings of the companies uh, like you have, um, say, in Germany, for example, I mean, this this whole takeover that we have had now with Porsche and Volkswagen, the the, the workers were involved with that, you know. I think with General Motors buying out, Op- uh, with, with Magna taking over Opel and then General Motors saying no, same sort of thing, you know, the, 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 the employees are there all, the, you know, they're sitting at the table. Are you indicating that there are long-term ramifications to this day uh, to the uh, the Second World War and maybe even the First World War in how Austria uh, is still working as a, as an economy. Yes, I think so. I, um, I, I don't I don't think I mean I don't have any experience of, of Austria. I can just go here say what my grandparents spoke about, and I can imagine it. And, and having having spoken to many Austrians over the years, I, I think that um, you know Austria has Austria's had many inventions. For example, the typewriter, and and they never they never did anything with it. You know, it, it had to come to a, a country like America, where you have the, the the capitalist system, where you have investment, and they will, you know, take a, an invention like that and then uh, bring it to a higher level and bring it, you know, bring it to the market. Uh, Austria is like uh, maybe I'm being unfair on them as well. Is that modern Austria is maybe with the joining of the union? The European Union is, has changed their ways a little bit. 
but going there uh, from time to time, I, I can just see that it's difficult, you know, to 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 open a shop, to to employ people, to 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 fire people, to 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 do a new a new product or something. And there's just such a lot of resistance. And and what was the uh, what was the difference in South Africa? What what did you find yourself? What sort of society did you find yourself in there? Well, everybody seemed to be. You know, first of all, uh, South Africa in the 60s, and I mean, a lot of people don't want to hear this, is that at the height of apartheid, really, when we, when when I, you know, I mean, I got there in 61, but, uh, you know, as a young child, I don't think you, you, you realize what's going on. But as you start going to school and, 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 and progressing in your life, you become aware of maybe political factors and, and what's going on. And I mean, we, I, I, whether well, it's a good thing or a bad thing, I mean, I grew up in apartheid South Africa. You know, I benefited. I was one of the white people that benefited from the system, if you want to hear that. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, you, you held the black people down and the white people prospered because of that. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be quite as, as sort of black and white, excuse the pun, to, to um, define it like that. But the opportunities were enormous. Uh, um, you know, South Africa needed things. I mean, if you look at the geographic position of South Africa, you know, you, it, you're not near any markets. Most of the, most of the, the world's population lives in the northern hemisphere. You know, the only thing that was going for South Africa at the time was were the mines. Uh, <coughs> they, they had three quarters of the go- of the world's gold production in the 60s, and uh, I think they, in 1970, they had three quarters of the world's uh, gold production. They, they're blessed with uh, chrome, um, coal, steel, copper. I mean, you name it, they've, 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 they've got it, you know, in, 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 in huge amounts. So uh, I think with a basis like that where they needed to get the gold out of the, out of the, out of the ground with, with certain techniques. And then later when, when apartheid did become, uh, you know, they, they got pariah status because of apartheid, I mean, uh, South Africa started looking inwards, looking, looking inwards and, um, they, you know, they, they, they had this... Uh, uh, Petrol from coal or gasoline from coal that they it, it was actually a, a spoil of war they got that uh, the Germans had that had invented that and and, and um, that was one of the spoils of war that South Africa got and they developed uh, this this fuel from coal uh, by a company called Sasol and um, all these sort of you know there's a lot of a lot of things going on um, South Africa was an exporter of of, of agricultural products, of, 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 of beef, of, of everything. Do you do you consider yourself more <coughs> of a South African than you do an Austrian? That's a very difficult question to ask. Because me. you because you you actually uh, returned to Austria for a short time. Yes, and and obviously the the culture didn't uh, um, fit well with you, mm-hmm. um, and then you re- returned back to South Africa. Uh, w- what were the contrasts, and I'm assuming that was in the 70s or the 80s, what, what were the contrasts uh, then uh, between South Africa and, and Austria that, that so uh, uh, turned you off, as it were, in, in staying? Well, when I, look, I think, when you lived in South Africa at that time, you know, everybody is saying it's just a matter of time. This whole thing, you know, they've not been able to resolve the, the problem with apartheid, the whole world's against you. Excuse me. Against you, um, I mean the New Zealanders were dropping flower bombs out of airplanes. All the English. I mean, we went to go and play rugby somewhere, and I think it was at Twickenham. They were throwing. So they, they hired a, a plane and they were throwing flower bombs out of the airplane. And I mean that was early seventies. 
and people were saying it was just it's just a, a matter of time before this regime collapses you know and and of course the pressure the pressure was on you know and and what regime are you uh, referring to the, the the apartheid regime you know the the the, the apartheid government you know and um I, I think you know everybody was you know i think people were split to say well you know i'm it's, it's not going to work out we're not going to live you know the the, the boer the african speaking uh, south african uh, refused to uh, acknowledge that he, a black person would uh, Rule South Africa, and I, that was they basically said over my, over my dead body. And I mean, we had huge military spending uh, in the seventies to to uh, to support the status quo. I mean, we were fighting. I mean, uh, Mozambique fell in seventy two, and we had a we had a huge influx of, of of the Portuguese, the white Portuguese people from Mozambique in our school um, in seventy two, and then a year later we had it uh, from Angola. You know the. the the Mozambicans had two weeks to get out, or a month to get out, I think, uh, pack their stuff and go. And then the Angolans had like a week. The, 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 the Mozambicans came with trucks and all their stuff packed into trucks. Uh, the Angolans came in the motor car, you know. So um, we saw that those walls moving in on us. And and um, how about South Africa today? What what sort of country is it? Uh, in, in terms of how it uh, uh, sits next to uh, Europe, for example, what is the uh, what is the the main industry of South Africa? How is it faring in today's economy? Look, I, you know, personally, I think that they lost the, 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 the they missed the boat in a way because they've been blessed with with natural resources, and I think I think they had had a very good infrastructure with deep, deep, you know, ports. They had the busiest port in Africa. I don't know if it's still, if Durban is still the busiest port in Africa. Um, I mean, the highway system is, is, is it's as good, if not better, than as, as in America. You know, you can get from town to town very quickly, um, although they have put in a lot of toll roads and that to, to support that. Um, but I, I think they've lost the, they've lost the, they, they missed the boat because um, a lot of money was squandered on the political correctness. You know, you have to have, uh, you know, companies had to hire according to the demographics. You know, you couldn't, I mean, you couldn't, you can't find people who had the qualifications if you had a small business or medium-sized. Small businesses were okay, but the, the medium-sized business struggled. They didn't have the capital to hire the, the, the top-notch uh, black people. And, and and middle and the and the smaller businesses, you know, I mean, you couldn't justify it. I mean, you know, so, um, you, you know, you've well, in in that respect, you finally left South Africa, and you moved to the United States. Yes. Uh, what was it here that attracted you over South Africa? You've been there for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it here that you were looking for? Well, I think it's a you know. Um, when I started my business in in, in eighty seven, just just after the, the October crash, and you know, I mean, in those days you couldn't make enough things. I mean, you know, if you wanted to do plastic injection molding, like what I, what I was involved with, or metal metal pressings and things like that. I mean, you, you, there was just such a huge amount of work 
available. I mean, we we had to import labour from England. We had we had a, we had a, we had a whole lot of British people come in, um, helping us. Our, our, we we made uh, w- you know we made parts for Toyota Motor Corporation, and we couldn't get the work out out the door quick enough. Um, so we you know we, we 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 got people in, and I think at that time it was still safe. Um, that, that people said, okay, well, I'll go to South Africa for two years or three years on contract. I'll make some money. Uh, also, the the, the the exchange rate was was excellent. I mean, the the rand dollar, for example, or the or the or the, or the British pound rand was very very strong. I mean, in the 60s, uh, the the rand South African rand was stronger than the dollar or the pound, and and I mean that's that, that's eroded over the last 40 years to a point where today the euro is like. 12 to 1, I think, and, and, and to the dollar you're talking about 7.5 to 1. Has South Africa been impacted by the economy as, as much as everywhere else? Um, I think the South African economy follows the, the euro and the gold price more than the dollar. So I don't think, you know, if things go bad in, in Europe, then I think it affects uh, South Africa. But we've, we were never sure, you know, the thing is, it all seemed to go into different direction. We said, "Oh, the, the dollar's gone up, so this should happen." And it went the other way. You know, so we we were never sure um, whether it was more sort of along the lines of the dollar or the the euro or the gold price or commodities prices. You know, so you, you know, you it wasn't it wasn't uh, a, a given that you could you could plan anything. I think that was maybe the chaos was what I you know. So the United States, and you, you arrived here, and um, uh, I understand that you started your own business here. Yes. Uh, surely, uh, your your background by this time obviously was South Africa, but also uh, you were born in Austria. Uh, th- that must have been a huge shift, a paradigm shift in, in terms of understanding the culture here. Well, I thought it would be easier. I thought, you know, seeing a couple of Hollywood movies, you you knew what the culture was all about. But I think there's there's a lot more to American culture than 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 uh, what first meets the eye. And uh, I think it's a very tough country to to come to. Um, there's, there's yes, you can make a pile of gold, but I think you have to be very sharp, and you have to have uh, if you don't come here with a sort of uh, uh, the spurt of starting your own business you, you have to have some sort of college or degree to to get by on I don't, I don't think you can just come here and find the American dream you know uh, I think that's uh, what would you advise to other people now moving from Europe or South Africa to the United States learn English immerse yourself in American culture um, is, is it still as attractive to the youngsters particularly in Europe to to try the United States well, um, Austrians traditionally don't like to come to America. They find uh, they find that Canada is more, uh, you know, if they're going to immigrate, to Canada, Australia, I think, are them destinations that they prefer. Now is this to a, Is there still a a, a post-war sentiment here, or is it other economic considerations? No, I just think it's the way of life here. I think the American way of life is very hard. You know, if you're not used to the the the, the sort of uh, you know, basically in America you work at who you are. You know, you 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 don't have a safety net. You don't have, and and the Americans don't want it any other way. You know, they don't want to have uh, public health. They don't want to have. I mean, they they look at that as being socialist. You know, 
So somebody who's grown up in Europe who maybe sees the advantages of having, you know, everybody's going to get sick at some stage. I mean, it's like, you know, and and I think getting sick in, in Europe is a lot lot easier than getting sick here. I think here you need health insurance and you need to, you know, things can go really wrong in your life if you if you if you're 40 and you get you get cancer or something like that i think it, you can lose everything if you don't have the right medical insurance you know so are you suggesting that that the health system in the united states is weaker than the, the national health service system that you have in europe i don't think so i, I just you know that it's a mindset americans want to be in, in control of their own destiny and they don't want to pay the other guy's way and i think that's that's really what people who come here have to understand it's not it's not you, you don't get a leg up you don't get uh, supported i mean you get you get defined by your abilities and i think i like that i like that system a lot of people who come from europe and that don't like that system you know i think there's a lot of people in america who don't like the system either you know maybe they're lazy maybe they don't have the ability there's a lot of reasons you know you don't you know um, whether it's right or wrong i, I, I don't want to say that I think for me, I enjoy the system here. But you have a unique perspective. Uh, you've you've lived and worked in three or four continents, um, uh, and you can understand how these cultures work. You can perhaps understand uh, better than than most uh, the consequences of not only the the Second World War but the the, the Great War in defining uh, the world as it is today. Uh, how, how do you see the future, uh, particularly for young people? And we're seeing a Europe that is becoming more federalized. We're perhaps seeing the United States um, uh, in uh, an economic quandary uh, in, in, uh, and in many other areas, in social, et- ethical and moral areas. Uh, how, how do you see the, the, the world surviving um, having had this perspective, look, I think the world will survive. It's not. There's no doubt about that. I think that um, living in America definitely gives. I mean, if you turn on CNN or ABC, NBC, uh, Fox, they all give you the same perspective. You know, you might think that's it's four different channels giving you different perspectives. And I think if you're liberal in this country, you hate Fox, and if you're a conservative, you hate MSNBC or you know whoever's. Uh, on the liberal side there but I, I don't think they're that far off from each other um, what always stuns me is when, when I go to South Africa and I look at the news and what they're putting on the news and what they're showing I mean it's, it's, it's you say who well, wouldn't show that in America you know so uh, and Americans they, they embrace their freedom of speech sometimes I, I question that you know I, I believe sometimes you you can't just say what you want to say in America I think Americans are, are, are tend to be very conservative in their in voicing their opinions. You know, I, I mean, South Africa used to let it all hang out. You know, if, if somebody was an idiot, you told him he was an idiot. You know, you cannot do that here. Are you suggesting that there's some sort of British reserve here in the United <laughs> States? Well, it's the Anglo-Saxon way. <laughs> I think they took over from the English. I think in England, England, England. Um, they all caught the not the bus, but the the ferry across the the great pond, you know, and, and that that mindset survived. That that whole capitalist, that whole how the how the British Empire was. I think today we have an American Empire. I mean, it's you know, 
that, that I, I think that is that is a reality. You know, and and to and to retain that, you know, in, in the forties, the, the the British went to India and said we have to maintain our power. You know, um, that's what the Americans are doing today. They they they, I mean, they have military bases in seven hundred and sixty. Uh, what they have seven hundred and sixty military bases, I believe, in virtually every country. Well, not not the ex-communist countries, but you know. How is it? How is it? You think that the United States can <coughs> learn from the European Union, for example? <clears throat> we 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 seem to be uh, studying the European immigration system, for instance, studying their their uh, economic model, um, and perhaps copying it in some ways. How can how can we all become a, a closer community? Because surely in the the current economic climate, uh, do we need to be uh, uh, do we need to be um, more uh, cognizant of of our systems that, that we both have and perhaps uh, compromise or, or learn from each other a lot more than we have been? Look, you know, I can't speak for. I've, I've sp- I haven't spent very much time in England or, or, or a lot of other countries in Europe that are having problems with so-called problems with uh, with immigration. Um, I know my family's attitude towards immigration, and 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 uh, you know they're saying, well, you know, our culture is changing, and you know this has to be stopped because I mean, imagine now if this doesn't stop, where will we be in fifty fifty years time and so forth. But what I like to tell them is that um, just like I'm an Austrian who went to South Africa and, I, and, I, and I, I built a business there, there's people from Africa going to Austria or to Italy or to France, and they, they're chasing that dream as well. I, I don't think, you know, there's, uh, we tend to badmouth immigrants, and I think, you know, uh, go home. Um, you know, you, you, illegal, you know, we classify them as illegal immigrants in this country. I think it's very unfair because, I, you know, having having gone through the process myself, immigrating is not, and I, and you'll, I think you understand that as well, being being from Britain, you, you don't just pack a bag and go. I mean, you you know, there's this this, you know, you you leave your family behind. I mean, not everybody immigrates to from Algeria to France with the whole family. You know, it's usually one or two individuals, and then he sends money back from from wherever he can get a little job, wherever it is. And I mean, Spain is the same. And 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 yet, if you look at the res- reverse side of the coin, is there's a lot of Spaniards in South America, you know, making a lot of money, building businesses and that. So I think it's unfair to sort of say, well, you know, we just look at the the side of immigration that we don't really agree with, and then f- pretend the other side doesn't exist. I mean, I grew up with a lot of British people in South Africa. You know, people who left Liverpool, Manchester, Birmingham, and they and they they made a life for themselves in South Africa. So I, I think one has to be tolerant. I think one has to be a little bit more tolerant of of of, uh, of immigration. Um, you know, I, I know people fear it. I mean, another example: say Germany with the Turks. There's certain jobs German people don't want to do. You know, they don't want to do the cleaning jobs and that. So they get you have to have, you have to you have to have a gastarbeiter to clean your to clean your your factory or or, or do the menial jobs because the Germans most certainly don't want to do that. So in other words, the the, the <laughs> uh, 
patterns that we see here in the States, particularly between uh, Mexico, Guatemala and this country, are repeated in the Union, in the European Union? For sure, I think so, yes. And, and between which countries? Well, I've just come back from Spain. And they're complaining about the, the you know, they, they, I mean, they, they're looking at 20% unemployment and, and they're trying to get, they, there's just too many people unemployed. So what they're doing is they, they're trying to stem the, 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 the illegal immigration on the, on the boats from, from North Africa. And, 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 and they're trying to send back the, the, the South Americans. And what they're doing, if I, if I understood it correctly, was that um, if you're unemployed in, in Spain, you have 18 months of 70% of your salary or something like that. So what they're saying is, okay, if you go, if you go now, you know, we will give you a cash payment of the 18 months times 70%, a once-off payment, but you, you go. You go now and you stay in Honduras or wherever you've come from. And, I, and I mean, they're doing that, on, I believe, on quite a large scale. I mean, how many people are taking the offer? I don't know, but, um, but that's what they're doing to try and, um, you know, they just don't have enough jobs going around. And I mean, they do, I mean, the Spanish do look after their own interests. If you look at the economy today, mm -hmm. uh, certainly myself, looking back at the United Kingdom, we saw the demise of the uh, vehicle, automobile uh, industry, shipbuilding, uh, and that's almost repeated itself here in the United States. Uh, what is it that uh, Europe is, is doing, even South Africa, what is it doing to replace the failing manufacturing industries? Uh, how can it replace that uh, to create a different type of economy? Well, I think that the, 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 the very clever people decided a while ago that, uh, you know, it's, it's stupid to make things in, in China or in Taiwan or whatever. And I think that, uh, you know, also maybe from a pollution point of view, um, there may be other factors involved as well where people, I mean, obviously we're trying to make things as cheaply as possible. So more people can buy stuff, you know. Um, so that, 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 that left, whether it left uh, Germany or it left uh, America to go and be made in, in, in China, I mean, that's, I think that's happened everywhere. We, <coughs> we saw that in South Africa, for example, that once sanctions have been lifted, I mean, it was just a free fall to get the stuff in from China and India. You know, we, we were making uh, things in South Africa and we were bound by... Um, certain uh, specifications that the government said you, you know you have to make this plug in accordance with SABS standard so and so they opened the floodgates and the things that were coming in from China didn't have to be um, uh, manufactured in accordance with those things so I mean obviously you, you can sell anything really you know we, we had our hands tied I think um, you don't quite have the same problem here in America because you have uh, you know, if you if you sell somebody a, a dud, I mean, there's there's recourse. You know, you have rule of law. You can sue somebody. You can you can take it through a court, which you couldn't really do in South Africa. So, I mean, we saw that that's at its harshest, really, where, where where big businesses just switched to, they switched off from one day to the next. They switched you off, and we survived. You know, we 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 did other stuff. You know, we we obviously went more into. A, I stopped making stuff and I went into into more of a sales uh, based environment you know servicing things and that and I mean that's really what's happening in, in America as well um, I think that's happening in, in Europe all the time where it'll all end I don't know 
I mean, you have to make stuff. I, I believe I, my background is manufacturing, and I think you have to make things to 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 keep people employed in that. Um, I, I think. What, what, I th- what it, but what is it like for young people now in Europe? Terrible. It's not. <clears throat> you know, um, one thing that struck me was that they, they drink a lot. I mean, I, I know we used to go to bu- pubs and everything when we were young, but the, the excesses that you have today, you know, where people are taking stimulants and, and, and going to a party, you know, a, a, a rave, I think, for, for the whole weekend. Yeah, don't, don't ask me, I wouldn't know. No, but I hear these things. I've never been to one, but, I, you know, basically they, the whole weekend, you know, you, you, they, they, they don't sleep. Well, is that a social breakdown? I think, I think maybe it's also coupled, if I don't have a future, what are you going to do? I mean, we've seen this thing in Greece. Where people just break things and burn things, and, and, and I mean, I mean, the society is not looking well, looking after the, the offspring very well. You know, they've, they've become they've become a commodity, if you want to call it that. So, if I was a commodity, I'd also get, I'd also have rage. You know, if I if I didn't have a prospect of a job, how would you want me to? How would you want me to react to that? You know, what what uh, plans are there in place here? Not, not only for Europe, but for the United States to, to take care of this younger generation, to, to put them back into jobs, put them back into manufacturing, even put them back into the service industry. How can we revitalize the economy so that our youngsters have a healthy future? Uh, you know, um, I think the, the American youth are very... Uh, ambivalent and maybe even complacent about their situation I think every American child or kid teenager should should be forced to uh, travel the world a little bit go to Europe for six months or a month if you you know and and and, and see the world and see how other people live I think that the people here are very blessed the way they are able to to live and I think a lot of them don't understand that um, you know, I, I would say travel a lot more, and I think open open things up a, a little bit more to see how, how 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 not how bad things are elsewhere, but how, how other things work. You know, I think that would give them maybe a, a new hunger. But I, I think it's going to come back anyway. I, I, you know, the, there's been a, a huge uh, exodus of manufacturing jobs. Um, I think they sat in the bush. One in four jobs disappeared. I mean, in eight years, one in four manufacturing jobs disappeared in America. That's that's a huge amount, you know. Um, what has to be done to to assure that, that the economy does come back? <coughs> well, you know what? I'm I, I wasn't I wasn't for this bailout uh, effort. I think I think you know if something gets too big, it, it needs to be let you know you need to let it die, and then and then things will start up again. I don't think the economy would have failed totally abysmally so that you would have had millions of people um, running down the street with pitchforks if, 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 if uh, some of these big companies were allowed to fail, you know. I mean, just propping them up, uh, is, is you're shifting the burden of, of the financial burden on the, on, the, on, the, on the future generations. And I don't think that when they, when they wake up and they see what kind of a bill they're going to be paying for for, for this uh, economic... Uh, Strategy that was given to us by people like Mr. Greenspan. You know, I, I don't, I don't think that you know everybody likes to blame Bush on everything, but I think the the, the roots of it were, were much further back.
Um, I, I think that Reagan did great things, but somehow it just all went wrong somewhere. I think it'll all come back. I, I, I'm positive for the future. In in talking to you in the past, you you have talked about the uh, the Great War and the Second World War, and uh, the uh, the post years for countries like Austria and Germany. Uh, do you think that there are any long term ramifications from that period? I mean, how do you think that those years have affected uh, our world today? Uh, do you think that there are still uh, um, things taking place that that have um, uh, been given to us by those years uh, that have never evaporated. Yeah, sure. I, I think that the, the the political system we have today it, it, it's a straight line from from the First World War up to today. I mean, the you know the the the, the, the Germans organised themselves under Bismarck. They become a threatening power that had to be that had to be met. They were they were vanquished, uh, so the, the Anglo Saxon system triumphed. Uh, then then things went wrong. In, uh, I mean, the, the continent hadn't been. I mean, it didn't just go, it hadn't been severed and sent down the river. I mean, they reorganised themselves and, and, and in, in, a, in a very sort of militaristic, fascist way, and I think that that was unavoidable in a way. That's my my opinion, and, um, and and then that was that was beaten again. Um, so so the Anglo-Saxon capitalistic system has 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 triumphed in the world. Um, we we I think we're hoping that the Chinese will 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 emulate it. I think that that that's maybe the 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 belief is that it's it's the freest best system that we've ever had. So we're trying to get everybody to buy into it. I'm hoping that uh, all the all the all the Chinese will buy into it, you know, because if 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 they don't, I think we're going to be in serious trouble from from that side, you know. I think that that, but but yes, I, I do believe that uh, today you 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 have you have the echoes from from those wars, even although you know most people don't have any recollection. I mean, you were born after the war. I think when my mom dies, she's that's that's going to be. The end of me hearing about the war, you know, and I don't think the people on the continent spoke a lot about the war either. You know, it was a very harsh war. A lot of people died. I mean, a lot of bad, bad things happened. Which um, I mean, you see, you know, you see depictions of Iraq and, and, and Afghanistan today, but I don't think it, it comes close to what what actually happened in the Second World War. I think, you know, total destruction, annihilation of people, annihilation of total cities. Uh, migration of people. I mean, I mean, the Germans were thrown out everywhere. You know, so they had to all get back to their to their fatherland. Um, Italy changed forever. France. I mean, you know, that that all that all. I think with the European Union, they're trying to organise themselves again. Um, there's a lot of people in Europe who are not happy with the European Union, but um, we'll see. What is it that, uh, in your mind, we have to do today to revitalize people's uh, enthusiasm in, in, in getting back to a, uh, an economy that is positive? There must be some less lessons to, to learn um, 
from the European Union, from South Africa, uh, do, no, do we not all have lessons that we can learn from each other? Look, I think the lesson is nature. I think that you have to have a revitalization. When, when something gets old, you, it needs to be cleared out. It needs to be allowed to fail and, and to die, and then the new will come in. I think what we're propping up at the moment is an economic system which is not – which is it, – it, it's really, really just, you know, benefits a very small percentage of people. And, and I mean, it's now gone global, which I think has added its impact on, 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 on the middle class um, and, and especially the poor people. You know, I think that uh, how do you clean out a system like that? I don't, I don't know. Wasn't it the, uh, the launch of the Internet that was supposed to uh, 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 allay those fears, allay those, those uh, conclusions? I think the Internet, the Internet's been a marvelous tool, I think, that... Uh, you know, I mean, I think most people get the news off the internet nowadays. I've stopped reading the printed, the, the printed word. Um, I find the printed word is more of an opinion piece nowadays. You know, if you pick up the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times, it's more opinion than than, than news. I mean, if you really want to know what's going on right now, you're going to go on to Drudge Report or you're going to go on to one of these one of these services. You know, and, and you'll know straight away what's going on in in Australia or in Sri Lanka or wherever, you don't have to wait anymore for, for some correspondence from writers to to give you his spin on, on what's actually happening there. And, and, and that and that I think is the the that's why the internet is so so great. Um, I, you know, I, this, this, um, just as an aside, the this whole climate change thing. Um, it, they they found out that this one. I don't remember the name of there's a, there's a laboratory in, in in England that had been falsifying information, and and that and 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 some people hacked into their into their computers, and they've been exposed now. And I mean that that sort of that echoes that's been echoing around the world now for the last week, and 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 it's gonna it's gonna impact on what what they do in Denmark in Copenhagen, you know. I mean, they want to saddle us with taxes, carbon footprint, uh, carbon taxes, uh, cap and trade, and all these sort of things, which is just another tax. I mean, everybody's really taxed to the hilt. I mean, you know, um, so so I think that, that that's where the internet is so powerful, and I think it's a blessing. What is it that you you uh, stayed in America for? What is what exactly is it that that attracts you? Do you not have yearnings to, to return back to Europe or South Africa? No, not at all. I think. Um, so you see yourself more as uh, you see yourself more American now than you do uh, a European. Look, it takes a time to 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 adjust to to to, to life here. I think the first six months of murder, <laughs> <laughs> the second, the two, the next two years are uh, awful. I think it's by the fifth year you sort of you found your feet and said, "Oh, yeah, that wasn't that easy," you know, and. Um, um, yeah, every time I go back to South Africa, and I've been back on numerous occasions, it's like a wild place, you know. I mean, people drive like they drive cars that are not roadworthy. They they they, they cram a huge amount of people into the buses there. They careen out of control down the, down the down 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 the highway, and you know, there's just every day you read in the newspaper so many people killed in this traffic accident, and, and here's a hijacking and a carjacking and murder here and murder there and then you drive to work and there's some witch doctor mixing his uh, mooty his, his medicine on the on the side of the pavement uh, you know 
on the way to work. Um, <laughs> it's just it's 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 a wild place, you know. But you know, it, it, in a way, it's nice to go there as well. You know, it's it's it, the, the, maybe there's total freedom. You know, oh, really, total freedom. What do you mean by that? You can just but do anything you want to do. So you're suggesting that that's that's not available in this country. Well, I mean, if you look at sort of the drinking habits of the average South African, <laughs> she's not going to get very far. If you apply the the Arizona, you know, here in Arizona, they they they, they catch you for a DUI, off to jail you go. You know, I think you'd have huge jails in South Africa if you had to, you know, apply that law. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying that's different. It's just, just you know, that that lawlessness. You come to realize when you go back that. You know, I, I lived under these circumstances for so many years, and you don't see it because you're living inside it. But once you live out it, outside it, and you and you realise you can actually safely drive down the highway, and you can leave your house sort of unattended. You don't have to have burglar bars and and and, and uh, watchtowers and vicious dogs and everything to to keep you safe, and that your kids will come home from school. I think that's that's the kind of place I want to live in. You know, and and I also want to live in a progressive place. I think Europe is not progressive. I think, uh, I think that. Uh, in what way? Well, you know, nationalism is always going to triumph in Europe. I mean, the Austrians are always going to look after the Austrians. The Germans are always going to look after the Germans, and the French are going to look after the French. But wasn't it the idea of the European Union to to eradicate that that uh, that idea? Well, you've got the Irish said no. Then they had to have a second. They had to have a second referendum for the Irish to say yes. So you say, okay, well, is that democracy or is that manipulation of the vote? Was it packaged in a different way? I don't know. I I I, I don't know what. I've not lived in Ireland, but I, I can tell you about the Austrians. They 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 they're very unhappy about the European Union. The, when they when they changed from the shilling currency to the euro, I mean, twenty five percent devaluation. I spoke to the Spaniards now. Uh, when they went onto the euro, it was a thirty five percent devaluation. I don't know how much it was in Romania. I'm, I'm sure the Romanians cannot be very happy about how devalued their the currency became because all of a sudden your your loaf of bread, which is to a European standard, also it comes at a European standard price, I think, you know, because they've opened everything, the flow of, the flow of, uh, of goods across the borders, what, what used to be the borders. It, it's now, it's now stabilised at a certain level. So I'm sure uh, lower middle-class people and uh, in, in in Romania, they, they they must be you know Hungary. I mean, you see you're seeing a resurgence of of nationalism in in those countries and you know far right parties because they're not happy with the, with the, with the status quo. I mean, they're not happy with how they've been impoverished by this whole European system. So I don't know how they're going to change that. You know, I think on the, they they put a veneer on it, which is yeah, we all we all Europeans, and we, in the long run, we're all going to be better off than that. But I mean, the people living today who are not better off—they were, they, in fact, they're worse off. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean, to give you an indication, in, in Vienna, I mean, there's a lot of people, a, a lot of people who live in very small apartments. Uh, the average Viennese will not invite you back to his apartment. He's, he's not, not. It's not just not done. And I mean, by small, I'm talking about 400 square foot, 300 square foot. You know, and 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 when you look at the the, the salaries that they have. That you know, when things were devalued, or they went, they went into Europe, everything became twenty five percent more expensive. But they didn't have a have an equal increase in their in their in their salaries. I mean, the salaries stayed at the same. You know, and I mean now, 
technically a, a Portuguese person can travel to Vienna and work in Vienna. You, you, there's there's no more there's no more borders. You know, they don't people don't do that because of the there are language barriers and I think cultural barriers as well. Um, but I mean, I, I don't think I don't think the integration is still going to take a long time. If they had one if they had one unifying language, maybe that would help them. You know, like America, uh, it's, it's all it's one big. Everybody who comes here learns English, but uh, when a lot of people go to in Europe to another country, they they don't assimilate. They 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 stay with maybe the Polish people will stay amongst the Polish people and they will continue to speak Polish. Um, so you know, you you're an international businessman, mm. as it were. Uh, what is it that you see that we have to do? Uh, not only in the United States, but but around the world to uh, to um, reignite our world economy. I think poverty plays a big a big part. I think if you look at uh, Brazil's now emerging. I mean, that's that's they're talking about that. That's a real powerhouse. I mean, you need to you need to get rid of corruption. You need to you need to have fair trade. Uh, you, you need to. Uh, just to stimulate economic activity, you need to educate your kids. I mean, you you, you just cannot. I mean, this is one of the things that holds like Africa back is that the, the, the kids don't get an education. I mean, it's it's just so depressing. In the Congo, you have these. I mean, they had a, 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 a documentary yesterday about the gold. They want to stop the gold. You know, they want to make uh, companies uh, certify that they're not using blood gold, so to speak. And you look at these these little kids working on, on on an open cast gold mine, handing plates backwards and forwards on, on a dollar a day. And I mean, okay, the alternative is not a dollar a day, and 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 and, and you know have a life expectancy of maybe thirty seven years or if that. You know, so I think poverty, education, um, economic activity, um, free trade. You know, I think that that that's that's important. Well, you you say uh, free trade, but it's almost as if you're suggesting in the European Union that if it's uh, uh, very based around nationalism, that that possibly it's the the that is a reason why free trade does not work as the European Union would want it to. I think the, the European tra- the Europeans are trying to force things through, and that um, look, I mean, corporations don't have to be liberated if you want to call it that i mean a company like coca-cola will just they open somewhere and then they just they, they trade so corporations are really supranational uh, entities where uh, i'm talking more of lower down where medium medium-sized companies smaller companies you know they they just don't get integrated you know that's it's a local company your butcher your local butcher although he's got all the all the or the red tape from the European Union, how, you know how what quality meat and how, how how what the bend of a banana has to be is to be to conform, and they do, <laughs> they they, conf- they 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 give you a clear stipulation of how everything should be shaped and look and smell and taste, and I think that um, that interference is 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 maybe wrong. How about yourself? Uh, what are your plans for the future? My plans for the future. I, I'm, I'm actually very. I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm on a project at the moment with uh, 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 starting a manufacturing uh, thing uh, going in in Mexico. And I'm not talking northern Mexico. I'm talking central Mexico, and uh, and, and I think that's the future. I think you know, um, 
I've been telling the people that I work with, you need to manufacture where you're selling the product. You need to, and I think they need to do that in Brazil. They need to do that. They've, they've started doing it in Turkey now. And, and I think that's what all companies should be doing. You know, you know, um, uh, that was one of my things with South Africa. They were very inward looking. They didn't have the confidence to go and, 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 and open an office in, in America or in Canada. You know, they, they just felt, well, you know, the product of this. But I think that's, that's what the future is. You know, you need to have your niche, niche and, and uh, go and do it. I think, you know, I think it, it, it's, a, it's a great world out there. I think there's a lot of opportunity, especially now where the economy is being down like they are. I think there's a lot, a lot of opportunities. Um, and, and, uh, and I think I'm positive, I'm, 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 I must say. I've been very negative, you know, going into this recession because we knew it was going to come. We, we knew the bubble was going to pop. When, we didn't know. But uh, I, I think we've got the worst behind us. Well, we, we, we are now able to deal with it. It's out on the open. It's, it's on the table. And I think we need to go about it in a, in a, in a very methodical way. Of, you know, and I, think it's, I think it's great. Leo Hershiger, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate your time. Thank you. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed the program today. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow, as usual, and wherever you are in this world. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. David Gibbons in Discussion welcomes listeners' comments and viewpoints at its blog at davidgibbons.org. This programming is supported by organizations and firms in the private and public sectors. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. 
Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. <laughs> 